Praise the Lord, everybody. All right, now we sound like church. Good to be here this morning, and it's always good to be in my father's house to uh, share with his people the wonderful words of the Lord, and I do want you to know that uh, I did not and do not and have not and will not uh, ever take coming anywhere or going somewhere to uh, proclaim God's word uh, without spending time before the Lord in prayer. Um, I, and this is just me. This is certainly not to, um, you know, everybody's different and God uses people differently. Uh, I know of persons and pastors that I've gotten to know down through the years who have their sermons uh, ready a year in advance. And I don't know how in the world you do that. Uh, I've never, ever, ever been that kind of a preacher. I've always uh, sought the Lord uh, for the word that he would have me to speak. And um, from one week to the next, I just asked God for a new word. And so uh, I may have maybe one, two, possibly three times I may have, and usually those are under certain special circumstances, preached the same message twice. Uh, otherwise, I always seek the Lord for a uh, fresh word for his people. And um, so I have not come with any uh, pre-agenda other than to uh, just share with uh, my brothers and sisters uh, what God has laid on my heart uh, for you for this morning. And when I'm done, this message will probably go in the archives and not ever be uh, looked at again. That's just how preaching has been for me. Um, when I was a young preacher early on, and don't start timing me yet, I'm just, uh, just talking right now. When I was a young preacher very early on, um, I would hear my mother talk about not warming up a sermon. You don't take a sermon and warm it up and give someone your leftovers or to uh, reheat something that you have preached before, but you should always seek God for a new and a uh, fresh word. So uh, as I stand before you this morning, this is um, a message God gave me uh, this week as I prayed and asked him what he would have me to say. And uh, so I, I don't stand here taking you for granted. My father always told me, never take God's people for granted. Uh, and so I don't stand before you not having spent some time studying um, or taking you for granted. Uh, but I come to share what is on my heart this morning. It is good to see you all. And yes, I... Uh, uh, had uh, for a while there, the congregation in Columbus was uh, worried uh, that I was down here so often on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, uh, Wednesday. They said, are they trying to take you from us? And uh, I said, no, no, they're not trying to take me. Uh, but uh, over the years, it's still kind of lightened off. You've got some young, fresh uh, very gifted, very talented, very anointed speakers. We all don't need little old Iran no more. Uh, but, uh, but I'm glad to be able to be here with you on this morning. I appreciate the pulpit committee for giving me this invitation. I do want to acknowledge uh, the absence. Uh, I didn't, at least I haven't seen Pastor uh, Bartlett, but certainly Pastor Emeritus Bartlett. We certainly honor his, uh, his, him in his absence this morning. And to all of those, are, I'm assuming you're online today, is that right? We online? Oh, good. Well, I don't know where the camera is. I know it's been kind of all over the place, over, over here. Well, well, certainly we welcome all of those who are online this morning. And uh, we're glad that you have chosen to worship uh, at least uh, via streaming services. And uh, we would love you so much better if we could hug you and hold you and let you know how thankful we are for you. So as soon as my mother would say, spell able, as soon as you can spell able, uh, come and worship with us here at Lincoln County Church of God, and uh, the saints will treat you right, and they will do you well. Amen. Uh, it's good to see you again this morning. Now, somebody, I'm not going to say the brother's name, but tried to hold me, hold the door so I couldn't get in. 
And uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, but no, he was just plain. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be able to be here with you on today. I trust uh, that you have enjoyed the worship thus far. The young lady that uh, led us this morning did a marvelous job. Amen. You ought to put your hands together and give her some encouragement. Did a marvelous job leading uh, service, the piano player and uh, others who have participated. And I have to tell you, I stand here, I looked in the mirror this morning, I noticed a little bit more gray in my uh, mustache and in my beard. And uh, I was about ready to rebuke the devil. And then I came here and Pendilly, who I remember as just a small child, uh, is just serving, and that was a beautiful song. You did a wonderful job. No apologies for your voice. You did a wonderful job with that song, and I appreciate you so much. I've, I've watched her, and I've said this before, her unselfish worship, uh, her unselfish praise, and I, I beg the Lord that I and all of us could have the same spirit that she has because it doesn't matter who it is, uh, as raggedy as I am as a preacher, she still says amen. Uh, I believe I still have some letters that she wrote me uh, thanking me for coming and thanking me for the message, showing me the notes that she took and that kind of thing. So God bless you. I'm glad to see you still serving the Lord. And I want to encourage you, as all of the saints, remain faithful, remain steadfast, remain unmovable. Uh, always abounding, and that's our prayer, our hope, and it should be our aim, to always abound in the work of the Lord, not giving any place at all to the devil, but abounding, striving, climbing, moving higher uh, in the work of the Lord and in the calling that God has on your life. You have a purpose. Uh, God has a reason, and uh, don't allow yourself to be like some who are blind uh, and they cannot see. That's why Jesus told John on the Isle of Patmos, tell the Laodicean church uh, to get some eye salve, to clear their eyes so that they can see through the eyes of the spirit uh, what God is doing. And sometimes, sometimes, even as a caterpillar crawls up to a branch and goes into a cocoon so that a metamorphosis can take place, so that a change can take place. Sometimes it requires just being still and letting God do what God wants to do. And in his own time, the butterfly will leave the cocoon and will fly and share the beauty of its creation with all mankind. So be encouraged as you continue your walk and your service with the Lord. I'm going to ask you if you would, now you can start timing me. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to turn in your Bibles and stand to your feet for the reading of the word of the Lord to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, Chronicles, the first book of the two books of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, chapter number 16, the 16th chapter of the first book of Chronicles. And we'll begin reading at verse number 31, Chronicles chapter number 16, 1 Chronicles 16, verse 31 through 36. And this is from the King James Version of the Bible. Uh, here reads the word of the Lord. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let men say among the nations, the Lord reigneth. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice and all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing out at the presence of the Lord because he cometh to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name 
and glory in thy praise. Verse number 36. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And all of the people said amen and praised the Lord. Now, before you have your seats this morning, if we're paying any attention at all to the signs of the times and the things that are happening all around us, we all have to at least agree to this, if nothing else, that we are living in some terrible times. Can you say amen to that? The trouble that we are seeing that we're having all over the world, this is not a Ohio problem. It's not a United States problem. It's not a, you know, uh, any other continent that you might speak of. No, this is a global problem that we are seeing all over the land. And looking at this, it begs the question, what will the end of these things be? <laughs> what does the end look like? Now, the short answer is that Jesus will come and rapture away his glorious church. And we can say amen to that, can't we? Amen. We look forward to that day. Uh, but the more thought-provoking question is, listen to me, how bad will things get before Jesus comes back? Think about that. How bad are things going to get before Jesus returns. And still yet, there's another question to be asked, and that is, who really wants to be around to see it? Amen. When I look at the perversion and the things that's going on in our country today, I'm not so sure that I want to be around to see how bad things really get. Now, one of the hardest lessons that we have to learn as the people of God is this. How do we rejoice in the worst of times? Amen. Think about it. Things are bad. Things are going to get worse. But how do we rejoice in the worst of times? For some people, the real question is, this is the question that we really need to think about and ask God to help us with the reality of the answer. For some of us, we may not see the coming of the Lord till we have seen the worst that the devil has to do on this earth. We may not see Christ until the devil has really done his worst deeds. Uh, and I want to speak about that this morning. I want to talk about the subject, still will praise the Lord. Still, how, how do we handle it? What do we do? Here's what we do. We're going to still praise the Lord. So I want to speak from that subject this morning. Still, we'll praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, how grateful we are that you've allowed us to rise and see this another Lord's day. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to stand behind this sacred desk to, de to declare to your people the wonderful works of life. We pray now, Father, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, that you will have your divine God-like way in everything that will be said and done this morning through thy name. May no flesh glory in your presence. Father, have your way. Speak to us, Father, that we might uh, be more near you, that we might hear more from you, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight. Have your divine God-like way in whatever you do this morning. All the glory shall be thine, for all of the glory is thine. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. Still, we'll praise the Lord. We'll praise the Lord for sins forgiven will praise him evermore till earth has passed away forever christ we will adore 
will praise the Lord for full salvation, hearts made pure and free. We'll praise the Lord for a blessed infilling and for victory. We'll praise him for a church triumphant here on earth below, where every soul is made in Jesus whiter than the snow. We'll praise the Lord that death's dark valley is no longer drear. The light of love dispels the shadows and drives away all fear. We'll tell the story far for all of our days and we'll give God glory, thanks, and praise for he has saved us by his blood and we will sing and praise the Lord when like a scroll the sky has vanished still we'll praise the Lord. This great hymn of our faith is the disciple, I'm talking about me and you, you and I, it is our resolve for the times in which we live. One of the many reasons that the hymns have been cherished for decades in, is because of this timeless blend of scripture and personal testimony of the authors who have given an indissolvable meaning to those lyrics that we value and that we cherish. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the existence of these treasured hymns as it seems that each generation is moving further away from the hymns in favor of, in my opinion, weak contemporary praise songs that lack power and conviction to those persons that hear them. I can remember being at Wayne Avenue Church of God way back when I was 14 years of age. And after a powerful sermon that brought conviction to my heart, it was a hymn that was sung after the message that broke my stony heart and led me to an altar prayer, and I have not looked back since. The song was Spirit Holy, Spirit Holy, all my being is now possessed. Lead me, rule me, work within me, through my life thy will express. Now, I didn't come from Columbus down to Lincoln County to talk about hymns, but I do want to preach about a song, amen. A song that was born out of pain, out of loss, and out of triumph. Our scripture text that I read this morning is but a small narrative concerning the recovery of the Ark of the Covenant that had been lost, and then it was found, then it was given away, and then it was taken back. The Ark of God in this narrative in 1 Chronicles chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16, the Ark of God had been misplaced, had been set aside, was left in a place called Bela of Judah. Now, it seems that it had been left there and no one had even inquired about the Ark of the Covenant in the days of Saul. And David, now having assumed his place on the throne that God had set up since the people wanted a king, uh, David now by this time, Saul is dead, and David has assumed his rightful place on the throne, uh, and he decided uh, one of his early decisions as being the new king or being recognized as the new king of Israel, one of his first assignments that he felt led to do was to bring back the ark of God to the great city of Jerusalem. Now, the ark of God was more 
than just a symbol of the presence of God. It was, in fact, the doorway through which God would come in the form of a cloud and speak in the midst of his people, teaching them, instructing them, and guiding his people uh, concerning the way of life. <coughs> now, saints, the reason that the world is in the shape that it's in now is there is no visible uh, uh, good end to what we see in our world today. And this world is, is miserable, and this world is going through what it is going through because mankind, listen to me, uh, and, and I'm, I'm preaching this to you and to me uh, because and to all of those watching on the Internet, uh, because we don't want to be these people. Uh, the, the problem with our world is that mankind has left the presence of God and the masses have gone on without even seeking the Lord and looking to him for guidance, for direction, or any of the such. And we don't want to be those people. We, we don't want to move on through life uh, at, without being concerned about the presence of God being in our midst to lead us and guide us into everything we set our hand to do. Can you say amen to that? David said in 1 Chronicles chapter 13 and verse number 3, he says, and, <coughs> pardon me, he said, and let us bring again the ark of God uh, to us, for we inquire not at it in the days of Saul. So he admits, I'm going to assume, that uh, the young lady that led uh, devotions, uh, this was not her water. I'm going to assume the young man that sang that song, this is not his water. I'm going to further assume that Pendelli, because she was over there, uh, that this is not her water. Uh, so if you don't mind, and pardon me for just a moment, while I get a little slurpy slurpy here and clear my throat. It's your water, okay. Well, now we know who's watered it. <laughs> Thank you very much, amen. So David here says in 1 Chronicles 13 and 3, he says, now let us bring again the ark of God to us. For we inquire not at uh, concerning the ark in the days of Saul, my God. The people had left the presence of God, and yet God had not left them. Now, that's a good place to say amen. If you don't say amen, nowhere else in the message. And here's why. Because as we grew up and became familiar with sin, and we walked out of the presence of God, the reason we're sitting in Licking County Church of God this morning is because even though we had left God to go out and experiment in sin, God had never left us. We were always on his mind. He was always concerned about us, and he had been very patient with us while we were doing all that we were doing out in sin. So don't sit there and look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about because all we like sheep have gone astray, every man to his own way. But the whole time we had gone astray, the whole time we had gone our own way, God had never left us. He always had us on his mind. He always had you in, in his heart to be a trustee or a deacon or a preacher or a teacher, a song leader. God had always had you on his mind. Even when we didn't have him, on our mind. And even when we were not running after him, he was running after us. Can you say amen to that? There are people who have left the presence of God, who have not come back to the house of God, amen, and God has still loves them and God still cares about them. We have people, amen, who have allowed COVID to keep them from coming to church. And they have allowed COVID to stop them 
from gathering with the people of God. And I'm one of those persons who believe, yes, COVID was real. It, in my opinion, was more than a conspiracy. I don't know how a conspiracy uh, can be guilty of over a million people losing their life. So the COVID was real, amen. But I thank God this morning that in spite of COVID, amen, you're still here and I'm still here and we never allowed what affected this nation and world stop us from being and coming into the presence of God. And yet there are those who will not come to church and have not because they feel comfortable being at home. Salvation was never, amen, meant to be comfortable. Uh, salvation and living for the Lord was never, is never, has never been designed as a, a comfortable life. No, it costs something. It, there's a requirement to being a child of God. There is suffering that happens because you're a child of God. There are things that we have to go through because we are the children of God. And so this life is not meant to be comfortable. Amen. But I thank God that we're not living without a comforter because it is the comforter, the Holy Ghost, that helps us to live in this present life. Can you say amen to that? So God, God has not left us, but God continues to help us. God continues to protect us. And God continues to keep us from falling. I thank God for his amazing grace this morning. Amen. It's nothing but God's amazing grace that takes care of us the way he does. David then gets the ark of God. So let's follow this story all the way through. David, uh, having been impressed uh, to get the ark of God, he goes and he gets the ark of God out of Balaam. Uh, of Judah, and he begins to journey back to Jerusalem until an unfortunate mishap occurs. Stay with me. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how this mishap happened. Uh, David had ordered that the ark of God, watch this, David ordered that the ark of God be put on a cart and carried out of Bela of Judah back to the great city of Jerusalem. Uzzah and Ohio, that was the other fellow's name. Now, I've been trying to tell people for years, the Buckeyes are in the Bible. And, and here's where you find the Buckeyes in the Bible, amen. Uzzah and Ohio, now it's, it's spelled A-H-I-O, amen. So if you hear somebody say A-H, that's the man that's in the Bible right there, amen. <laughs> His name is Ohio. Uh, that's at least how that's how I'm pronouncing it, all right? Uh, it's probably not the proper pronunciation in its uh, original Arabic and Jewish uh, uh, Hebrew language, but it's close enough to Ohio for me. Uh, so Uzzah was the one fella, and Ohio uh, drove the cart. And by that, they were the ones that were guiding the cart that had the ark uh, of God resting on the cart. Listen to what I'm saying. Uzzah and Ohio had the cart that had the ark on it, and they were transporting the uh, ark uh, out of Bela of Judah back to Jerusalem until they get to the threshing floor. They go to a thread, they come across the threshing floor of Sidon, uh, and the cart shook and it stumbled, and it appeared that the ark of God was about to fall off of the cart when Uzzah reaches out and grabs the ark and holds it to keep it from falling, and God strikes him dead. Uzzah. I'm sure had good intentions when he reached out. I'm sure that he meant well when he reached out. I'm sure that he had in his mind the only reason in his mind he was trying to keep something as valuable and precious as God's ark. He was trying to keep it from falling. But when he reached out to grab it and he grabbed it, 
God smites him and he dies immediately. Now, here's the whole point we need to learn from that. Much to David's displeasure, God smites him for putting his hands on the ark as it dies. Now, here, saints, listen, no matter how bad things look, I need you to hear me this morning. No matter how bad things, to Uzzah, this was bad. We've got the ark of God, this precious uh, piece that God had given Israel that actually served as the gateway for the presence of God. And the cloud came down between the two cherubims that were, had their wings facing each other on this ark, the, uh, the, 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 uh, a cloud, the God in the form of a cloud would come down and there he would meet with Israel. He would speak to the, uh, the man of God. He, he would forgive sins and, and all of these things took place. And so Uzzah, I'm sure, thought that I, I can't let anything happen to it. So he reaches out to grab it and God strikes him dead. David is upset about this. He can't believe that God would be so mean that God would do something like this. But, but here's the point that I, I need you and I to get out of this. And that is, to Uzzah, this was bad. To Uzzah, this was just uh, unbelievable, incomprehensible that something like this could happen. And when he saw what was going on, in his mind, he felt that he had to do something about it. And what we ought to learn this morning, saints, is that no matter how bad things look, we have to trust in God. Are you in the room with me? It doesn't matter how bad it looks. It doesn't matter how horrible uh, we perceive that uh, something could happen. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. We must trust in God. Amen. It's an insult to God when we get involved in a problem because we think God can't handle it. It's an insult to heaven when we try to contrive our own ideas and figure our own way out as if we don't serve a God who is able to step in and do great things. Dare we forget that God took nothing and made worlds and, and put stars in place, put the sun and the moon in the sky. And to this day, they are still on the course that God has set them on. How shall we ever forget how that God has done such great things, even in the making of a man and a woman, the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, after all that God has done. If God can do that, certainly he can handle whatever issues that we come up with. Amen. Amen. And, and we have to learn how to trust in God and say that no matter what's going on in my life, no, no matter how bad things are looking for me right now, there is a God who sits high and he looks low and he's concerned about everything that's concerning me. Amen. We have to know that God can handle whatever it is that we're going through. Yes, our world is in bad shape, but we cannot do anything to make a difference in the world without the hand and the help of God. We, we, I'm not saying that we should not be concerned. I, I'm not suggesting that we should not seek to find ways to uh, improve upon uh, the situation that, that we're facing in our world. What I'm saying is that we cannot do it without the help of God. And if God's hand is not in it, and if God's help is not in it, then anything that we do leads to death. We see that with Uzzah, as he had reached out to put his hands on the ark, we see that he died because of his uh, feeble efforts. Saints, we cannot do anything to change this world or to change situations around us without God because we need the help of God in all that we do. Saints, let's remember something, and that is that when David got ready to get the ark, listen to what I'm saying, when they go back and check it for yourself, when David got ready to go get the ark, David did not call on the Lord. 
When David got ready to get the ark, the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, uh, David said, David called for the captain. He called for the leaders. He went to the people and asked them, do you think it's a pretty good idea? He never consulted with God. And when we don't consult with God, things happen. When, when, when we don't seek after the Lord and get his guidance, bad things happen. You see, when the people said it sounds like a good idea to us, then David, the captains, and the people failed, but Uzzah died. And I'm trying to get us to understand something here this morning. Amen. And that is that, that, that when we are not seeking God's guidance, because the captains, after all, are very intelligent people. They wouldn't be captains. They would have never been selected if they didn't show the capacity to be great leaders and great warriors in battle. If they didn't show that they had great leadership skills and the ability to understand the psychology of people and, and to know how to get people uh, motivated and, and, and to get them on course together and to, to energize uh, and get people moving in a certain direction. They wouldn't be captains if they didn't know how to do it. So David, being a young leader, uh, he goes to the captains and asks uh, them, uh, do you think we should do this? And to get their approval to do it. He then goes to the leaders of the children of Israel after consulting with the captains and getting their position on things. The next thing he decided, well, I'll talk to the people because if I get to the leaders, then the leaders will be able to use their influence uh, on the people so that the people uh, being influenced by their leaders and knowing that the leaders uh, are being uh, uh, supported by the captains of the army, then truly if they feel like it's a good idea and and, and, and the leaders say it's a good idea. Well, it sounds like it might be a pretty good idea. And when we do these kinds of things without consulting God, as I've already said, say bad things happen. The Bible says that in 1 Chronicles, now in chapter 15, uh, when David, uh, after other had died, David, the Bible says this about David. It did not say that David feared the Lord. It said he was afraid of God, and that's different. He didn't just fear the Lord. He was afraid of God, and he was angry because he couldn't believe that God would kill a man who was trying to do something good. Well, David, as you know the story, he leaves the ark where it was. Obed-Edom takes the ark into his home. When Obed-Edom gets the ark into his home, the Bible says that Obed-Edom was getting blessed beyond measure. God just began to bless Obed-Edom. Amen. Good things was happening to Obed-Edom. Amen. His wife, amen, was able to bear children because the ark was in the house. Amen. When anything broke down, amen, the plumbing got fixed miraculously because he had the ark in the house. The children all of a sudden start behaving themselves and acting like they had good sense, start getting good grades in school because the ark of the covenant was in his house. Amen. Uh, he was getting to prosper in his fields and, and good things began to happen. Never had any interruption in his internet because he had the ark in his house. The Bible says that Obed-Edom was getting blessed. Then the word gets back to David. It said, David, uh, you know, Obed-Edom, oh, old man, he's, he's doing well. He got his health back. He has his strength back. Uh, his fields are blessed. His home is blessed. His children are blessed. And it seemed like ever since he had that ark back in his house, amen, good things have been happening in his house. And David said, well, hold on here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, it looked like to me we better go get that ark. And so there had been some battles that took place. If you read the scriptures, there were some battles with the Philistines, now known as Palestinians. There were some battles that took place in Gazar, now known as Gaza. Amen. There were these battles that took place. And whenever David got ready to go into battle, the Bible said that he prayed and asked the Lord, will we, will we win? Will we be victorious? God told him yes. 
Uh, on some occasions and on other occasions, God told him, yes, but here's how I want you to do it. I want you to put all your men up into the trees and, have them, and just wait there. And when the trees begin to shake and ruffle because the presence of God was coming through, he said, then your men can jump down on the enemy and defeat the enemy. And David sought the Lord and God blessed him and they won. David figured out something. We got to get this ark back. But instead of talking to captains and leaders and instead of talking to the people, David talked to God. And when he talked to God, he found out he had done some things wrong. He realized that God had placed the Levitical tribe in place for them to take care of all the things pertaining to the, the house of God. And he realized that God had anointed these Levites to be the priests of God's people and that they had the responsibility of all the articles that belonged in the house of God. And that God had given specific instructions as to how the ark was to be made and how it was supposed to be transported. And he realized that there was four rings, one on each corner of the ark, and the staves that God had given them to go through those rings was for the purpose for the priests. Amen. Not the captains, not the leaders, nor any chosen person was supposed to carry the ark. Only the priest was to carry the ark. And when David realized the mistakes that he had made, then he had no reason to be upset with God. It was all because he didn't take the time to do what I'm trying to do this morning, and that's to share with you what the Bible says. Because when we obey what the Bible says, is there anybody beside me know you can't go wrong? Amen. Amen. When you obey God's word, you can't mess up. When you obey God's word, you won't fall. You won't stumble. Amen. When you obey God's word, God's word is the, the guide. It's his, it's his instruction to his people to help us to know how to live and how to do what God would have us to do. Now, I know. I know that the cart pretty seemed like a pretty good idea uh, because of the distance that they had to travel. It seemed like it might have been a pretty good idea. It seemed like a new way uh, to do something that God had done in years gone by. It seemed like a better way, a more sensible way. It makes more sense to do it this way uh, because this is a new time and it's a new age. Can I caution you this morning? Be careful trying to do something new uh, to, uh, to take care of an old problem. Be, be careful trying to insert some new ideas, some, some new ideology, some new man-made configuration on how to get something done when what we need to do is just realize that God has already set in order the way he wants to do what he wants to do with his people. And I know that there are those that look like they've been very successful doing it a new way. I know that there may be some that seem like they have accomplished a whole lot trying to do it in a way that, uh, that seemed like, you know, it's the new thing to do. Be careful of somebody, someone coming along with a new way when what we really need to do is hold on to the old-fashioned way of what God has designed for you and I to do in order to be uh, uh, in alignment with, in obedience to his word and to accomplish what God would have us to accomplish. And when David realized that, oh yes, the cart seemed like a good idea and it seemed reasonable and nobody would have gotten hurt by it, but what he realized that God had already announced a way that the ark was supposed to be transported and God had never given permission to David or anybody else to come up with some new idea, some modern day man-made, man-involved, man-constructed way of carrying the ark of God. God don't need our new ideas. God doesn't need us to come up with a way that's better than the way he used to do it years ago. All God wants us to do, and I've said it already, and I'm not ashamed to say it again, he just wants us to trust in God. That's what he wants us to do. We have to trust in him. No matter how tempting it is, oh my God, to look at what somebody else is doing and say, we'll do it that way. We got to trust in God. First Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2 says this. Then David said, 
none ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. Here's what David found out. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister or to serve unto him forever. God had already set in order a way for his ark to be carried. And God never deviated or changed that method for how he wanted the ark of the covenant, amen, to be transported from one place to another. But the, 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 the captain said, uh, and the people said, we can make a cart, and we can set the covenant of the Ark of the Covenant on the cart, and that'd be a nice, smooth way. Nobody has to suffer. Nobody has to feel any pain. Nobody has, you know, and they came up with it. But let me tell you something. The God is still calling on old ways to get some things done. Sometimes there some, some things that we face in life still only get answered by prayer. It still takes prayer. It still takes fasting. It, it still takes time spent in the presence of God on our knees praying and asking God for the answer for the problems that we're facing in our lives. Amen. When God, when, when, when uh, Jesus had been buried and resurrected, he told the disciples, go to Jerusalem and shut yourself in and pray and call on God and get together on one accord. You can't have no division. You can't have all kinds of ideas. No, get on your knees and pray and the Holy Ghost is going to come. And when the people got up and went up into the upper room and fell on their knees, women and men together fell on their knees and called out to God, praying day and night. Amen. It wasn't until they came together and were with one accord, the Bible says, and there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there came cloven tongues like as a fire that sat on their shoulders. Listen, saints, the Holy Ghost came when they came together and fell on their knees. And all I'm trying to get us to understand this morning is that there is an old way that is the right way. It's the way that works. It's the way that brings answers. It can't be some new fangled idea that somebody comes up with and thinks in their mind, oh, this is a good idea, and this is how we ought to do it. No, we got to go back to doing it the Bible way. If we want to hear what God has to say, no matter how tempting it is, saints, no matter how much success somebody else may have, amen, doing it some other kind of way, we must learn to do things God's way. Now listen to me as I get ready to sit down. If we try moving forward using man-made systems, we will fail and somebody will die. We can't move forward and think that we're going to advance the kingdom of God by doing some, some new thing, amen. No, we just need to trust the word of God. We just need to trust the spirit of God. We need to trust what God is saying to us through his word on how we need to get things done. David, he gets the ark and he gets it back to Jerusalem, and this is what David began to do. Once they got the ark back to Jerusalem, the Bible says that David began to sing a song. He sang a song. I love the hymns that I heard this morning. God loved the hymns. Uh, I, I love hearing them. I love singing them. They don't get sung too much uh, nowadays. I already said it really concerns me. But, but uh, I'm not sure if, if this was a, it wouldn't have been really a hymn, but it was a psalm that they began to sing. We can find it later on in the book of Psalms. Uh, these words that, that they begin to sing. In First Chronicles chapter 16, here's, here's the song that they sang. It said, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among his people. I wish I had time, but I don't, to really spend time unpacking uh, the song because you can do that. Even we, we can take the song book and open it up. Uh, and be, just begin to unpack the verses of those songs. And I could be up here for quite a while. I'm not going to do that to you. Not this time. Amen. But, but we can unpack the words of those songs and, and really 
uh, spend some time. And even as I read for you the, the words of the song that David sang after they got the Ark of the Covenant back into the city of Jerusalem, if I begin to unpack, it would take some time. I'm not going to do that, so I need you to hear it right this day. Just go to, when you get a chance, read First Chronicles chapter 16. Read the whole chapter and, and read and hear and listen and ask the Holy Spirit to, to unpack. This, this song for you. But, but here, here's the words to the song that David began to sing. It said this. It said, give thanks unto the Lord. Now, the, they got the ark back. It's back where it belongs. They, they have now a sense, at least, of the presence of God uh, being among them once again. And once they get it back, David begins to write a song, and they begin to sing. It said, give thanks unto the Lord. It says, call upon his name, and then make known his deeds among the people. Lord, Listen, saints, those are charges that David wrote in the song that we should be doing every day of our lives. First of all, we should always give thanks to the Lord for all that God has done. We should be calling upon his name for everything uh, that we need, great or small. doesn't matter how big it is to you or to me. We should be calling on the name of the Lord. And then he said that make known his deeds. When God comes through and answers your prayer, you ought to make that known. When God comes through and does something marvelous in your life, you ought to make that known. If you want to see God make miraculous changes in your life and in mine, we have to do a better job of not just giving him thanks, not just calling on his name, but then making known to somebody else. Let me tell you what God has done for me. God has been good to me. God has raised me up. God saved me. God changed me. And even when it looked like there was times in my life where I might have gone back or started to go and drift off, somebody said prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. But here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy throne above. There are times in our lives that we go through things that it look like we start to drift just a little bit. But is there anybody beside me that can say, but I thank God that even when it looked like I felt like drifting, God brought me back and he has kept me and established me and he has kept me in his tender loving care. Amen. David said when those times come in your life, he says you ought to make those deeds, make your, uh, the, the Lord's deeds, make it known to the people. In verse 9, he says, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. And then he said, and talk ye of his wondrous work. Who have you told lately about what God has done for you? Now, don't sit there and look at me like God hasn't done anything for you. All I got to do is begin to run down a real short list. And we can all say amen to that. First of all, he, kept, he stood by my bedside all night long. That's something you ought to tell somebody. He kept my heart running uh, in rhythm and the blood running warm in my veins. I, I need to tell somebody. Then when I got up this morning and my feet hit the floor and I looked in the mirror, I knew who was looking back at me. I, I had my right mind. I was able to dress myself and feed myself and get in my car and drive myself. Hey Amen. Those are some wonderful deeds we ought to thank God for. You say, well, that's not what's so wondrous about that. We do that all the time. I tell you what's wondrous about it, because somebody last night, uh, 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 they didn't wake up this morning. Amen. Somebody got up this morning and didn't know who was looking at them in the mirror. Amen. Somebody got up and didn't know who their, who their husband or their wife was because their minds had been consumed by that horrible disease of Alzheimer's. Amen. Somebody this morning got up and could not dress themselves without the aid of somebody else. Amen. Helping them get showered and get dressed. Amen. Somebody had to rely on somebody else, amen, to get them to the house of God this morning. So when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I have a story to tell and somebody needs to hear your story to know how wondrous God is. Amen. Oh, saints, when God has brought back his glory, when God has restored his people, when God has lifted us up from a pit, we need to sing to him and talk of his wondrous works. And here's why. Here's why. It's in verse number 25. Here's why. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised 
he is also to be feared above all gods. Verse 31, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let men say among the nation, amen, the Lord reigns. You see, the problem that we have in our world today, I'm glad for this clock, amen, the problem that we have in our world today is we want to use psychology and we want to use our help hotlines and we want to use all these other support systems to try to figure out what's wrong with people. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. Those things can be very helpful. But saints, let me tell you something. The answer to this world problem is God. Amen. People need to know the Lord. They, they need to, you know, if you go see a doctor, that's good. But after you leave the doctor's office, you need to cry out to God and let the Lord know, Father, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. We need to begin to look to God, amen, for the answer for our problem and ask him to help us to make it through this life. The song, the right, the song that David wrote, he said, let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice, let men say among the nations, tell the whole world that God reigns and he reigns forever. Amen. He says in that 32nd verse, let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice. My God, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. Let the sea roar. Let the fields rejoice and let all that is therein. And then shall the trees in the wood sing. Amen. Then they will sing out at the presence of the Lord because he cometh to judge the earth. And he wraps it all up by saying this, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Saints, listen to me this morning. Our headlines in this world is very grim. Israel is at war with Hamas. Russia is at war with Ukraine. An Israeli-owned ship was targeted in a suspected Iranian attack in the Indian Ocean. California jogger charged with voluntary manslaughter after filming himself shooting a homeless man, authorities say. U.S. forces have come under attack four times in Iraq and in Syria over on Thanksgiving Day. Ohio Walmart shooter uh, may have been uh, at least partially inspired by racially motivated violent extremist ideology. The FBI says, Saints, we're living in some terrible times. We have all of this and so much more that's going on in the world around us. But I'm ready to leave, and I want to leave on this note, that no matter how bad the headlines may be, we have to keep trusting in the Lord Amen. No matter how grim the outlook may seem or how bleak, amen, our, our, our future might seem to be in this sinful world, we have to keep trusting in the Lord. No matter how wicked people are all around us with all of the wickedness, amen, that people have devised and the things that are happening, the things to our, happening to our children, Amen. The perversion that is in our world today, the sickness and the disease that is overwhelming our hospitals and our nation and our land. Amen. With all of the horrible things that's going on around us, saints, we have but one charge, and that is to keep trusting the Lord. Amen. We have to trust him, amen, to take care of us. We, we have to keep on trusting him. We, we have to keep serving him. We, we have to remain faithful to the Lord. We, we have to continue in fellowship with God. We, we must continue to call out to God for, for leaders and leadership and for guidance and direction. We have to keep looking to God as the answer to all of our problems. We, we have to keep bowing on our knees at an altar of prayer and asking God to anoint us and to fill us and to help us and to pick us up. We have to keep running to God as the only source of our help and strength, humbling ourselves before the mighty hand of God, knowing 
that in due time he will exalt us. We have to keep looking to the Lord as our refuge and our strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. We must stay under the shadow of the Almighty knowing that God will be with us there. We have to keep learning to lean on him when we walk through the valley and the shadow of death, not fearing any evil because we know that God is with us, that he is our help. He is our strong tower. He's our shield. He's our buckler. He's what we need in a time of trouble. We must continue to look to God and know that the God that we have dedicated our lives to worship and to serve in service, in revival, in camp meetings, on special occasions. We have to trust that God is going to be with us every step of the way and the God that we serve, even though it looks like we might stumble, even though it appears that we might fall, we don't have to put our hands on it. We just have to trust God and know that God is going to bring us through. Why do I say that? Why is simple? It's very easy. Because the Lord is good. The Lord is good. No matter how bad things have been in your life and mine, when it's all said and done, I must fold my wings and say that the Lord is good. Through all the pain, through all of the heartache, through all of the suffering, through the ups and the downs, when it's all said and done, God is good. And I'm reminded of the scripture that tells us that all things work together for the good to them who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. And why? Because God is just good. Let me tell you something, saints. He's good this morning. He's good to you. He's good to me. He's good to us. And if we will but trust him and bless his name, praise him. And I'm not talking about some necessarily, not necessarily, not necessarily, some physical uh, outward show of glad worship, even though a physical outward show of glad worship is all right in the house of the Lord. Amen. But I'm not talking about necessarily an outward demonstration of our praise, but just simply an acknowledgement that God, you are in fact good and I praise you and I worship you. And not only that, but Lord, I'm going to talk about you and I'm going to tell others about what you have done and what you're doing in my life. You see, some of the greatest praise we can give is the praise we give to God in our testimony as we are sharing with others about what God is doing and what God has already done. And so I say to you this morning, let's keep trusting. Let's keep believing. Let's keep looking to God for help and for guidance and for direction. And, and even when it looks like our cart is about to fall, we have to trust in the almighty God that he will bear us up and bring us through. And so we'll praise the Lord, that death dark valley, it is no longer drear. That the light of love dispels the shadows and drives away our fears. So let's tell the story all our days. Let's give God glory, thanks and praise, for he has saved us by his blood. And we will sing and praise the Lord. And when like a scroll, the sky has vanished, still we'll praise the Lord. Let's praise him still. Let's worship him still. Let's thank him still because he is worthy of our best praise. Let us therefore labor together that we may enter into that rest lest we fall after the same example of the unbelief. Lord is sinner, shall we pray. Our Father in heaven, how grateful we are. And we thank you this morning for the word that you have given to us to give to your people.
reminding us that we do have difficult days. We do go through difficult times. There's much uncertainty that we must face in our life. But we can face those uncertainties. We can deal with those difficulties. And we can come back from our setbacks. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we know, we know all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and who are called according to your purpose. So Lord, if it's not good yet, it's because you're not done working. Because when you get done, it will be good. Lord, even though it may not look good now, it's only because you're not done working. Because when you get done working, it will look good. And Lord, even though we have to bear through suffering and heartache now, we know it will turn out for good. Because when you get finished, all you have is good things for your people. And we thank you in advance of what we believe by faith that you're going to do for us through Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.